Welcome to Faith Church, where we believe in having church. And uh, I'm really glad you're here, whatever it was that brought you, whether it was the, the promise of free donuts and coffee, or you saw a loved one to get baptized, whatever it was, I'm, I'm really glad that you're here today. I want to read a scripture together, Jeremiah 29, 10 through 14. I want you to listen to these words real carefully, and then we'll get jumping into it. Jeremiah 29, starting in verse 10, it says this, it says, this is what the Lord says, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill, listen to this, my good promise to you, to bring you back to this place. Verse 11, you've probably seen it in some needlework in somebody's home or your grandmother's pillow. Here's, here it is. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek for me. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Today, I want to bring a message to you entitled, The Oasis of Hope. The Oasis of Hope. I love a good underdog story. Uh, I don't know if you have a favorite underdog movie, but one of mine would be Rudy. Any, any fans of the movie Rudy out there? Yeah, come on. Just, just the mention of the name Rudy and your testosterone just has to like increase in that moment. Rudy was the story of a, uh, of a young man who decided to try and walk on to the University of Notre Dame's football team. And uh, he was undersized and understrength compared to everybody, probably including the grounds crew. But yet he fought and he worked and he was diligent and finally he made the ability to move from the practice team to dress out on the sidelines for a game. And then finally in the last minute he got into the game, uh, played a special teams play, stayed in the game, made a tackle, got his name in the record book. And it was a triumphant story of somebody who persevered and pushed through because they had hope and a dream and a goal rising on the inside. I, I believe that God wants us to live a little bit like Rudy, to be this oasis of hope that no matter the challenge, no matter the disappointment, no matter the, the situation that we would maybe be facing, we can live with a little bit of hope, hope that moves us forward, hope that, that stirs something in us to give us an idea of what's coming. I was reading this week online and uh, about the difference between success and failure. And they said this, they said success and failure, uh, the difference between people who succeed and the people who fail is this, patience and persistence. No, no mention of skill and talent. No mention of, uh, no mention of financial status. The difference between people who are seen as a success and people who are seen as, as maybe have failed or stalled out in life is this patience and persistence. The only difference between those who seed and those who don't is that they remain patient, listen to this, with disregard to their slow progress and continue to be persistent even if they can't see results. Isn't that when a lot of us give up? When progress is real slow, 
When it's real slow, you, you make it to say, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna budget, I'm gonna live within my means, I'm not gonna overspend, I'm not gonna use a credit card at Christmas time, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it, we're gonna, we're gonna get out of debt, we're gonna start living free, we're gonna bring in some more income, we're not gonna go out to eat every single day, we're gonna, we're gonna start putting meal plans together, and we're gonna, we're gonna be, uh, make a difference and make some moves when it comes to our finances, but the slow progress just kind of keeps us like, ah, maybe we'll just stay where we're at. And we lack sometimes the persistence to move forward. We, we're, we're committed to changing our life and, and kicking a habit, and, and we start coming to church and start worshiping, and we start showing up faithfully, and we're like, okay, my life is going to change, my life is going to change, and two days go by, and you're like, I still feel the same. Two months go by and you still feel like you struggle with the same thought patterns. The, a year goes by and, and you're not really sure if it's working or not. And you've had death in your family and disappointment and, and, and it's not working the way that you thought. And so because of that disappointment and that discouragement, you just say, you know what, we're just going gonna to stop persisting. And something slowly begins to work in reverse in our lives, and we lose traction in the things that we are trying to move forward, and we just lose sight of where we're going. See, the, the difference between success and failure, they say, is patience and persistence. I would say the reason you can have persistence and patience is because you have hope. Hope allows you to persevere no matter the challenge that you face. Hope allows you to persevere no matter the situation, the season, that you find yourself in. Hope allows you to push through and move forward. I, I want to give us a definition of hope. See, because we're not talking about just like wishful thinking. When you wish upon a star. Like, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about like making a birthday wish, closing your eyes, not telling anybody, and blowing out the candles. We're not talking about that kind of like wishing and thinking positively. I, I want to give you a definition of hope this morning. This is, this is how kind of a working definition for hope. And if you're taking notes, I encourage you to write this down. I'm going to read it slow and read it a couple times so it can sink in. Hope is the picture you see of a preferred future that allows you to wait and persevere with anticipation and action. Hope is the picture that you see in your mind of, of a preferred future, where you want it to be, what you want your marriage to look like, of how you want your family to look, how, how you want your career to go. It's, it's this preferred future. I, I've got it in my mind. I'm, I'm thinking something. I, I see this picture in my mind. It's a preferred future that I want to get to, and it allows you to wait and persevere because it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen in a year. Sometimes it doesn't happen in two years, three years, four years. It can take a long time for the picture of what you want to see happen to come into fruition in your life. There is no such thing as an overnight success. Patience, persistence, keeping hope at the forefront of your mind. And it allows you to persevere with anticipation that it's going to happen, that there's something moving, that a waiting season isn't a wasted season, that, that even though I don't see it right now or I can't see God at work, I can trust that he is at work. And I can persevere. I can move forward. I can just take small steps, next steps, one next step after one next step and keep gaining traction in my life and persevere till it comes into reality in my life and hope now is alive. 
I want you to realize that God is a God of hope. He's a God of hope. He's a God who gives hope. Listen to, to Romans chapter 15, verse 32, it's, or 13. It says this, May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, listen to this, you may abound in hope. Abound in hope. In other words, where hope isn't just a little bit in your life, but hope is so full, it's abounding in your life that you can't help but hope. You've got this clear picture of what God wants to do in your life. You, you have this picture in your mind of moving forward. You have this picture of what your marriage can look like. You have a, you have a picture of what it could look like financially. You have a picture of, of what you want to look like at the end of your high school career. And it's this hope that fills you, that strengthens you, and it comes from God. See, God's hope is, is literally, it, it is so dope that it abounds. It's not lacking anything. It allows you to walk in a way with a little bit of confidence that, that even though it may, look, it may not look like much is changing, that God is still present, that he still will, and he still can. See, see I think this is why this verse in Jeremiah 29 is so important. See, we, we love verse 11, for I know the plans. They're to give you hope. Yeah, God wants to give you hope and a future, yes. But, geez, but these words in Jeremiah 29 came to God's people when they were exiled from their land that they owned, from the land that God had given to them. That they, were they were foreigners. They weren't allowed to go back. They were, they were just, just beyond slavery in these moments. They were, they were sad. They were heartbroken. They were devastated in their life. They didn't think that it would ever change. And God comes on the scene and gives them a word, and he says, I got hope for you. I got plans for you. I, I got good things in the works that you, you can't see, you don't know of. They're good plans. They're going to prosper you. I just need you to hold on to some hope because I want to bring you out of this at some point. You just need to have a little hope. You just need to have a little hope. And it was during this exile that the prophet Jeremiah not only got the word in Jeremiah 29, but he also wrote some, some other collections that we have in our scriptures, and it's called the Book of Lamentations where he was lamenting some things. But I want you to check this out. He, he wrote it when he was in exile, when they weren't allowed to go back to the thing that they wanted, when it looked like there was no hope at all from being restored, where things were broken and it wasn't going to change and it was an impossible thing. It was in this season that Lamentations 3 was written, that, that he wrote these words. L listen to this. Lamentations chapter 3, starting in verse 19, it says, I remember my affliction and my wondering." The bitterness and the gall. You remember a time when life just was full of bitterness for you, maybe? Remember a time when it was all heartbreak and no hope? You ever talk to people and they can't say anything positive, and the reason they can't say anything positive is because they have no hope inside of them? They've lost sight of their hope. And everything looks devastating. Everything looks like it's impossible. Everything looks like instead of it's up and to the right, it's down and to the right. The business that they thought was going to sail started to fail. And they've left wondering and stuck in this place. 
He goes on to say, I will remember them and my soul is even is downcast within me. Can you relate to that? I know I can. Yet this I call to mind. I call it to my mind. I'm getting a picture in my mind of something. And he says, this I will call to mind and therefore I have hope. Hope comes from the picture that you have in your mind of a future that you believe God has for you. Hope is the picture that you have in your mind. He says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. By his compassions, they never Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Some of you, You've got a promise. You've got something that you were moving towards. You had a goal you were trying to achieve. There was a, a, a degree you were starting to pursue, a business you wanted to start, but yet you stopped in the process because you didn't wait for the Lord to work. You tried to work in your own strength, but your strength ran out and you were wondering, maybe I missed it and I made the wrong decisions. No, maybe you just didn't persevere long enough and wait for the Lord to start moving. I think sometimes we, we cut and we run, and we bail on a job, we bail on a marriage, we bail on a relationship, we bail on financial goals all too soon because we don't see the progress we want to see when we want to see it. And he's writing and he's saying, hey, listen, the Lord's faithfulness, it never ends. His mercies, every morning when the sun rises, you get a new net, net worth of mercy. In other words, every morning you wake up, oh, it doesn't matter what happened yesterday, God has more mercy for you today. He's not going to run out of mercy in your life. You could fail every moment of the day and God's mercy would still be available to you because it's new every single morning. And this I will call to mind, therefore I have hope. Remembering and knowing who God is allows you to have hope. He is the God of all hope. Hebrews 11.1 1 says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not yet seen. Hope is the picture that you have in your mind that allows your believer to actually work. There, there are some, some, some things that, that, uh, that I keep in mind, some pictures that I look at on a, on a fairly regular basis because these pictures remind me of promises, remind me of goals, re, remind me of things that I'm hoping for. I, I want to show you some of these pictures. Here's the first picture that I want you to see. Uh, can we throw that first picture up on the screen for me, fellas? And there it is. Some of you are like, who is that? I have no idea who this guy is. <laughs> but I love the before and after shot because at his age, if he can get ripped, I can get ripped. Right, like it's some hope. I got hope when I see this. If he can do it, surely I can live a disciplined life. I can change my eating habits. Uh, some of you, you started a diet and you kicked it because you lost hope. You lost the picture in your mind. I got a picture right here. I'm, a, I'm a, right here. That's me. Come on, 55 and over, and still got a ticket to the gun show. That's what I'm talking about. It's my hope right there. Here's another one. Here's another picture that brings me hope. This is when my St. Louis Cardinals won the World Series in 2011. Oh, it was beautiful. This tells me that if it happened once, it can happen again. I got hope. Y'all hate it. It's okay. There's only, there's only one team that's won more World Series than my St. Louis. Only one team, and that's the terrible Yankees. We don't like them either. I got hope. 
Because I got a picture. I got a picture to look at to remind me that if it happened once, it can happen again. I got, I got hope because I've got a picture. That's the picture of my mind. Here, here's another one I want you to see. That's my newest niece, Emmy Lou. I love pictures of babies, and I love holding babies. You know why? Because they're the picture of full potential. Pure. Potential. Sky's the limit. A story yet to be written. A whole world and a life ahead of them gives me hope. Reminds me that every day is precious. It reminds me that every child is important. It reminds me that we here at Faith Church want to invest in the next generation because they are full of potential to change the world that they live in today. From the mouths of babes, the Bible says God has ordained praises. I love our kids. I love our kids' teams. I love what we're doing. That's some of why we redid and it did this expansion project. Why? Because we wanted to make sure it was safe, it was convenient, it was easy to get checked in and checked out, and we want to have world-class opportunities for our kids because they're the, they, they have a future and a hope ahead of them, and this picture reminds me that, that there's potential and hope inside of everyone. Everyone has potential. And I love it. It reminds me of this, and I keep it in my mind because if it stays, if it loses, if I lose the clarity of the picture in my mind, my hope goes away. Therefore, my faith begins to dwindle for it. Here's, here's another picture that brings me hope. Look at that cute young couple. These was uh, some of our uh, young and like not even quite engagement pictures. Were we engaged at this point, babe? No. She was just smitten at this point. She was just like, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> to hang out with this guy for the rest of my life. I don't, I don't know what was going on with that necklace. That was, a, that was a mistake, I think. I don't have hope for that ever again. But you know what this picture reminds me of? It reminds me of the fun and the enjoyment and the friendship and the celebration and the lightheartedness of life that I have with my wife, and I don't ever want to lose it. I want to keep that. And it, this picture reminds me of those times that those kids are still inside these adult bodies. And we're going to continue to have a lifelong love affair that's fun and enjoyable. And we laugh and we have hobbies and we do fun things together. That's a picture of hope for me. Some of you have lost that picture in your marriage. You need to find those pictures. You need to put them before your eyes and remind yourself of the hope that you had when you first started. Because if you lose the picture of hope, you use the faith that propels you forward. Keep the picture in your mind. Here's, here's another picture. See this building that we're sitting in and this expansion project that we're celebrating and we're, 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 we're just in awe of what God has done, fully funding it debt-free. This is, this is the picture that gave us hope. This is the picture that we held on to. This is the picture that I kept looking at when we kept needing to, to make decisions and do different things. This was the picture that gave us hope. See, it became the blueprints for what we believed God wanted to do. See, the picture that you have in your mind of your future is the blueprints God is giving you for how you can live your life to its full. Don't lose the picture in your mind. Pictures are important. Here's, a, here's another picture. I believe it's the last one. This was a young man who was the very first person that we baptized when we became the pastors here at the church. First one. And I keep this picture 
close by. See, we hadn't done baptisms in a while. And we did this baptism in the fall, I believe, of 2017. And it was after this baptism that we made a decision in faith that every other month we were going to do baptisms. We were going to fill the tank and ask God to put the people in it. It became a picture of hope for us. You know, since that day, every other month, we've done baptism. We have had no fewer than four people get into those tank every single time. Why? Because great is God's faithfulness. If he does it for one, he'll do it for another. And this is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Why did we do the expansion? Because we're making more room for more people to experience life change. Today, we're baptizing across the services 16 people going public in their faith. And this was the first one over three years ago. This was the one that started it all. But it's a picture that reminds me that every, everything starts small. Everything has a beginning. And hope has to start in your heart and in your mind. See, your faith, your, your believer, if you will, it's always at work. Your, your faith is always at work believing something, pursuing something. It's always active, either positively or negatively. Some of you have a picture in your mind, and it's a negative one. It's not a positive one. It's not one that's helping you move forward. But you're moving forward towards it. You're moving forward towards it. Faith works in both directions. People are like, well, I don't really have faith. No, you do. You just don't have faith in the right things. You have faith. Some of you have a lot of faith in yourself. We all have faith. It's moving us in a direction. And once this, this hope gets in our mind, once our faith in our believer starts working, we then begin to look for confirmation bias. And, and, and we have this thought that comes into our mind, like, like that person, they, they always wave at me, but they didn't wave at me today. I wonder if they're mad at me. And now your believer starts to look for evidence to prove to you that they aren't happy with you. They didn't say hi to me again. It's another week. They, didn't, they normally always wave when they drive by. What is the problem? Why, what did I do? I wonder what's going on. And everything begins to create a confirmation bias that roots itself into a belief system that now is pointing you in a direction. Happens positively and negatively. I just happen to believe that it's important that we have hope in the right things. That we have hope in a God who says, no matter what, I'm going to be with you. We have hope in a God who says, I've got good plans for you, not bad plans. That your current reality doesn't define the promises of God in your life. That just because you're not seeing the progress doesn't mean the promise is null and void. That's the kind of hope we want to have and we want to hold on to. I want you to know, you might be sitting there thinking, well, pastor, hope is great. I like it. You said hope is dope. God is dope. I'm, I'm down. I'm on board with that. How do we get hope? Where does it come from? I'll tell you. Hope comes from God's word. Hope comes from God's word. When you get into God's word and you begin reading the scriptures, that's where your hope begins to, to get clarified. It's when it begins to, to become a conviction and a belief system for you. Hope comes from God's word. Here, here's the first thing I want you to realize about this, is that scripture helps you hear God. Helps you hear God. Some of you are like, I've never heard God speak to me. It's because you're not familiar with his voice yet. He wants to speak to you, and he will speak to you. 
But when you get in God's scripture, that's what helps you learn how to hear his voice. Look at Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? Hearing God. When God starts speaking to you personally, faith can't help but flourish and grow in your life. When you start hearing God speak to you about your life and what he has for you and what it's about and it's a personal conversation with you and God, faith automatically is built in your life. So how do we hear God? Well, Romans tells us. So faith comes by hearing and hearing God's, God's voice comes from hearing God's word. If you want to get to know God's voice, read God's word. When you read God's word, you begin to become familiar with the things that God would say. And it helps you hear God's voice. That's not the only way scripture is important. Number, number two, you need to realize this, that scripture helps you have direction. Not aimless, not idle, not stalled out, not moving in the wrong direction. Scripture gives you direction for your life. You begin to make different decisions for your life because now you have hope from the scripture. You begin to understand what God has for you so you don't settle for third best. You don't settle for a, for a punk boy who doesn't treat you right. No, no, no. You begin to have hope that the perfect person is coming along for you. You don't have to waste time dating around and dating around and dating around. You wait until God says, I got somebody for you. Here he comes. And you see it. You notice it. And hope fills you like, all right, that's my man right there. I, I'm all in on that one, right? Like, and you're willing to move forward. Why? Because you heard God's direction. You don't have to wonder if you chose the right career path because God told you which direction to go in. God wants to speak to you through his word and you begin to have different priorities and life agendas. You don't have to go out and get drunk and get high all the time. Why? Because you have a different purpose and a season ahead of you. You're not gonna waste the time. You're not gonna delay it around. You're not gonna get distracted by those things. No, you have a purpose. You have a hope. You have a future. You have a calling on your life and you're not gonna do anything that's gonna distract from that. Why? Because you have a clear direction. You have hope. And that hope comes as you hear God and his word. Scripture helps give you the right direction. I have never made a major decision in my life without God showing me something in scripture first. Not a single one. Had a sense in my heart, okay, I think this is maybe what God's saying. Maybe somebody shared something with me that they, they had prophetically that they wanted to share with me. But I never made a decision unless I saw it confirmed in God's word. Unless he showed it to me here in scripture. Because his word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I'm hiding his word in my heart so I don't walk in sin against God. I'm, 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 I'm studying, I'm trusting the Lord with all my heart and leaning not into my own understanding. I'm acknowledging him in every way I go so that he can make, listen, my paths straight. You don't have to take detours when you're hearing God's guidance. God has his own GPS system, and he can guide you and navigate your life. There are solutions and creative ideas that God wants to give you to solve problems that you haven't even yet come up against, and he's going to give them to you in his word. Some of you are stressing about problems right now in your business. I'm telling you, God has an answer for you, and it's found in his word if you'll start studying it and getting a hold of it. 
Some of you are trying to figure out what you're gonna do with your life after college or if you've made the right career choice going into college to study the right thing. I'm telling you, God will show you clearly if you'll get into his word. He'll speak to you and navigate it for you. Why? Because he wants to guide you into plans that are good for you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope and a future, not bring harm into your life. His GPS never has to, to, to wonder. It doesn't have to buffer. It doesn't have to, to find a new satellite image. No, it's always on point and leads you to the right destination. Scripture will give you that direction. And then finally today, Scripture helps you harness hope. Scripture helps you get a hold and harness hope so that you can go on the ride in life that you always have wanted to go on. The Bible says that God wants to bless you exceedingly abundantly above what you could even imagine, which means you better buckle up, buttercup. He's going to take you for a ride that you're going to love and be excited by and pleased by. He's going to let you go for a ride, so you better harness that hope, that picture of the future that he has for you. Scripture helps you harness hope. In other words, those moments when you feel like it's not going to happen, those moments when you feel like, this, I don't know if we're going to make it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like. When you get into scripture, God will speak to you something and it'll allow you to hold on to hope instead of become hopeless. It'll let you hold on to something that, 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 that allows you to firmly plant your feet and to fix your gaze ahead and says, I will bring this to mind, the goodness of God, that his mercies are new every moment. See, when you are reminded of your sinful past, you can get into scripture and discover that his blood covers that, that what he did for you at the cross took care of that. And so you can harness hope to say, I don't have to live in shame. I don't have to live in sickness. I don't have to live in fear. I don't have to live tormented. I can harness hope. And you can't harness something that you don't know about. When you get into scripture, you begin to harness hope. It begins to help you have eyes to see from God's perspective. Some of you are looking at your situation and you're looking at it in the reality of your inability. But you serve a God who is more than able, who is willing to come to your aid and your rescue, who wants to comfort you in moments of loss, who wants to bring you joy instead of despair. And this hope comes when you begin to see it from God's perspective. He gives us insight into how he thinks, how he moves, his promises. They're found in the scriptures. They're found in the Bible. So when you open it up and it begins to read to you and you begin to discover truths and promises and it begins to give you hope that you can hold on to for dear life because the ride of life can get pretty bumpy and wild. It can take you for loops and turns and things. But when you get into the scripture, you can hold on to hope in a whole new way. It lets you hold on to hope. See, there's a lot of people who have a real negative opinion about our community. And I wish I had a dollar every time I heard somebody say our community is dying. We'd build another building tomorrow. But I don't, I don't see our community that way. I don't see the people of our community in that vein. 
You want to know why? Because I'm not looking with everybody else's eyes. I'm harnessing some hope and promises that God says he who began a good work, he's faithful to complete that work. I'm harnessing hope that says that if God is for you, who can be against you? There is no recession, no business leaving, no bad choices on somebody else's part that can withhold or stop the promises of God in my life because I'm harnessing some hope that's rooted in something bigger than myself, something bigger than community leaders, it's bigger than that. Why? Because I'm holding on to a God who sees all, knows all, who is in my past, who is present with me now, and in my future making a way where there seems to be no way. You might be caught off guard by your problem, but God already has a solution for you when you need it. It's, it's about a choice to see with different eyes. Some of you need to stop looking at your marriage with the same eyes that you've always looked at it with. You need to get, go back and get a different picture. You need to go back and get a different picture. Harness the hope that God has for your, your life. Some of you, you, you need to harness a new level of hope when it comes to your health. You've been speaking death and discouragement and ailments, talking about how you're always sick, always this, accident prone. You need to stop that right now. Why? Because your words are creating a belief system in your mind. They're creating the picture. That picture gets into your heart as a belief system. And that belief system is what navigates you. So I just say, why don't you start saying something different? Start harnessing what God's word says, that by his stripes you are healed. That he gives his beloved peaceful rest. And so you don't have to have sleepless nights because God's going to give you sleep. He's going to give you rest. He's going to protect you. He's going to provide for you. He's going to be with you no matter what you face. That's the hope that we harness when we discover what scripture says but you can't harness hope that you haven't read about you've got to read the scripture for yourself here's the bottom line today guys and and just for for forewarning it is 100 cheesy preacher statement all right cheesy preacher statement alert coming right here right now but you won't forget it i promise it's that good and cheesy are you ready for it if you want to grow in hope, use soap. If you want to grow in hope, use soap. Soap is an acronym that we use around here that stands for scripture, observation, application, prayer. Everybody say that. Say scripture. Say observation. Say application. Say prayer. If you want to grow in your hope, use soap every day. Get in the word of God every single day. And when you read the word, whatever it is that you read, however much that you read, one verse, half a verse, chapters, half a chapter, whatever it is that you read, select one scripture. Everybody say scripture. Pick one scripture. Just write it down. Then... Make an observation. Everybody say observation. observation. What is that scripture saying to you? What do you think it means? What did you notice? Make an observation. Doesn't have to be long. One sentence. What's your observation? Then write out an application. Everybody say application. application. That scripture's true. How do you live that out? How does it apply to your life? What does that look like for you? Make an application. See, it's when you apply God's word to your life that you actually begin to change. See, a lot of you hear things all the time, 
but you never embed them into your life patterns. You never embed them to the practices of your life. You never take a step to actually act on them and do them. Therefore, you've never been changed and transformed, and you go back to the same way, and you repeat the same cycle of life again and again and again. Why? Because you've never applied God's word. It's in the application that your life actually begins to be transformed. And then write a prayer by say prayer. prayer. Just talk to God. Scribble it out. Write it out. This is a this process, this SOAP acronym is uh, what, what comes from what we call our life journals. You can pick some of these up if you want, but it doesn't have to be this specific one. Just get a piece of paper. Pull out your phone. If you want to grow in hope, if you don't want to lose sight of the picture of the future that God has for you, of the plans that he's got for you that you know are good, that you know will transform, that you know will bring you out of bondage, out of poverty, out of slavery, help you walk in promotion, walk in the goodness of God. If you really want to see those things happen, you need to hold on to hope. And if you want your hope to grow, you have to use soap. Use soap. Scripture, observation, application, prayer. Every day, just, just use it. Lately, my, my wife and I, we've, uh, we've been doing a uh, Bible reading plan together. We use the YouVersion Bible app. In fact, if you go to our central hub, faithchurchks.org, you can find the card, scroll, find the card that says scripture reading. Uh, not only do I walk you through on that card how to do the life journal, give you examples, and a little teaching on it, but as you scroll to the bottom of that page, there are reading plans that we've curated that go along with our message, messages that we're teaching in that, that month or in that, that series. Pick one. Well, I don't know which one to choose. Pick the first one. Well, what if it's not the right one? Trust me. It'll be the right one. Because any, any time in God's word is better than no time in God's word. Well, I didn't really feel anything today while I read. So? Do you feel anything every time you eat broccoli? No. But you eat it because you need it. God's word is the protein and the nutrition that you need to live a healthy spiritual life. Just like you eat food three times a day so that you can be fueled to live in your life, you need to be in God's Word every day because it's the spiritual sustenance that you need to live life full of hope. So pick a plan, any plan. A little bit every day. Take a minute. Scripture, write it down. Observation, write it down. Application, write it down. Prayer, write it down. And you'll begin to sense hope rise, faith increase. You'll start having more positive thoughts. God will start giving you application on how to move forward. Over the course of time, you'll have a collection of things where God has spoken to you that you learned from Scripture that you just pulled out just because you took the discipline and the time just to pause long enough to jot a couple things down. My wife and I just recently started doing some plans together. 
And it's been great. We, we read it separately. And then we just do our journaling. Scripture, observation, application, prayer. We type it in. And we have it so that we're doing it together so we both can see what each other's writing. Some of you married couples, I'd encourage you to do it. Take the step. You soap together. It's a game changer. If you want to grow in hope, you soap. We bow your heads as we pray together. Father, today we know we heard your word. Lord, I pray that all across this room and those listening and watching later online, Father, that you would stir something in us, allowing hope to grow. Give us a clear picture again, God. Give us a clear picture again, God. While we're all still praying, if you're here and you'd say, Pastor, I, I've lost a little bit of my hope. The picture has gone a little fuzzy. It's not as HD clear as it used to be. But today I'm asking God to renew my hope and I'm asking him to help me get into his word so I can harness that hope. If that's you, just by way of commitment, would you slip a hand in the air so we can pray together on that? Hands are going up everywhere. Thank you. So many of us saying, yeah, I need that hope to be restored and renewed in my life. God, I pray you see these hands right here. Lord, I pray by your spirit, you would breathe fresh life, fresh vision, that they would recognize God, that your plans for them are good plans, plans to help them and not harm them, to give them a future and a hope. God, we thank you that you'll help us call to mind your word and it would restore, restore, God, this picture of the future that you have for us. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, churches, we're all still praying. This moment where we're looking inward, you might be here today and you'd say, Pastor, I, I don't have any hope. I don't, I'm not walking with the Lord at all. In fact, I don't have a relationship with God. I'm not even sure if he likes me. And I was really nervous maybe about even coming today. He came because there's a, a friend, family member getting baptized. I don't know what it is that brought you in here, but all through the service, God has been tugging on your heart, tapping on the door, and he's saying, hey, I want to have a relationship with you. I want to engage with you. I want to give you hope in a future. And he wants to speak to you. And you know today, you're not walking with God, but you want to start walking with God. If you're here and you say, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus, would you just put a hand in the air so we can pray with you? We'll wait just a minute saying, I want to have a relationship with Jesus. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. We see those. Thank you so much. Are there others saying, Yes, I, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. Church family, everybody, can we pray this prayer together? Nobody needs to pray by themselves today. Pray this after me. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for me. I believe that he's the son of God, that he took away my sins, and he lives forever praying for me. I put my faith in Jesus Christ. May I never be the same from this day forward. Thank you for bringing me into your family. I love you, Jesus, and I'm walking with you from here on out. In Jesus' name.